back for a second week. This is part two with Ahmed Al-Khadri. His special, Special Not Special, has since come out since last week. So find that on YouTube. Find him on all the things. Uh, you could. His website is ahmedlovesbread.com, which we cover in the first part and at the end of this episode. But we just want to make sure you get all of the info because he was so generous with us and so lovely that give him some support, give him some views, throw out some, I don't know, recommendations, throw him money. We love money. Uh, I don't have anything else. I don't know. If you want to arrange a marriage with him, you know, I'm sure his mom would be open. So, you know, do all those things. Okay, folks, thank you so much for listening. Let's get on with the show. Whatever month. From April 6th to April 14th, that's the best time to send emails to comedy clubs to get booked. Is that just because you've seen the metrics prove that or there's an actual like reason that that's no, true? No, there is like an actual region, a reason. Um, uh, it was a specific agent or a, a manager slash agent. She told me about this, but she was like, usually that is the time because the first from the first through the fifth, that's when they're working on their month end or year end books. Six through the 14th, they have time to look at their emails. And then the rest of the month is just them doing all the shows that they have to be doing. Wow, what a great, thank you. That's so helpful. What else? Anything, yeah, any um, other gold? I'm, let me, yeah, I do. You're so, this so is what? so kind. You're sharing this with like a bunch of comics that'll be listening to this. You're giving them yeah. tips. That's very kind. Oh, yeah, if you're a comedian listening to this, please message me. Honestly, I would love to, I love helping younger comedians, uh, you mm. know, because I, because when I was a younger comedian, I wish I had a person like me at mm -hmm. giving me help, you know? Yeah. That's why, like, when I have openers or, like, uh, especially when if I meet a younger Arab comedian, especially if you're a female Arab comedian, <laughs> I give them all the advice I could give them. It doesn't, even if you're not an Arab, like, I want to help you. Like, yeah. I want to help you no matter what. Okay, uh, like, here's another one. For best time to book shows, so, like, November through end of February, try to refrain yourself from booking shows outside as where you have to fly because flights are usually expensive around that time and usually get canceled because of blizzards. So depending on certain areas of, of the country, it's November through end of February, it's hard wow. to like book some shows out. Um, again, unless you're like a huge name, but these are just certain things. Uh, the best time to book shows would be for the fall, September September through mid-November, or spring, March through May. And then summer, try to work a teacher, a teacher schedule. Summer, June through August, yo, don't, try not to book shows where you fly, because it's the summer. People are traveling, it's warm, so people would rather go out or do vacations. Maybe do some shows in the South, because when I, like a year ago, uh, 2023, I did a tour in July. I did decent in Texas, but that's because I have a good pull in Texas. Sure. But I, I'm going to Europe again. Me and Sammy Obeyed, we do, we co-headline. We did July, uh, August last year. We did Europe and we're doing Europe again this year. Good for you. Because, uh, yeah, yeah, his 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 stuff has been blowing up. Because he his comedy, he's always talked about Palestine. And now the subject is uh, blowing up. <laughs> Why? And also good pun, yeah. good yeah. joke. It's popping. <laughs> it's it popping over I'm there. Pop <laughs> People but are dying. Is. It's a genocide. <laughs> yeah, it's uh. like this hot. Yeah, so he talks about, yeah, he always talks about it. So now he's like building. And then my special's coming out and my 
following is growing, as my stand-up audience is growing. So so we're co-headlining again in August. But that's like the time in the summer where I'm like, I'm con- it's like a tour, but it's also a vacation. Yeah. Hello. <laughs> uh, yeah, we'll be there. I'll be there in Europe July 13th through 30th. I'm excited. But where I'm in, to think. Where in Europe? Because we have an international audience. Oh, I will London, Manchester, Stockholm, Berlin, and Amsterdam. So stay tuned for those dates. We're still locking in all the venues. But that's great. Um, oh, okay. So those are like the times, the best time to tour in America, for that matter. Um, yeah, try to have to. I I put raise prices to twenty five dollars a ticket because know your worth. I mean, in the beginning, when you first start touring, and if you charge twenty dollars a ticket, that's okay. You know, you're just starting out. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I I changed it to 25 because I'm like, I know my worth. And I know. And, and I'm releasing my hour. I'm still charging 25. Once I have, you know, this new hour, once my new hour is like ready and it's good, <laughs> I'm probably going to charge like $30 a ticket or so. Um, oh, yeah. Make sure they don't take expenses after the cut. So like certain things, that's what I learned the hard way. I did a venue in New York. And they took, like, it was originally a music venue. So they charged me stuff that I didn't really need. So so there was, like, a $400 house nut fee. What? Yeah, and house nut, it was, like, operations for the venue. But I was like, why? And I didn't realize it until I got the check. I was like, why is it $400? I should have negotiated it down. Like, or there are some others that I had to negotiate before I went in where... Uh, they will, some venues will take a percentage of your merch sales. <gasps> what? Yeah. That's your merch. You brought it in. What do you mean they take a percentage? Uh, yeah. And they will take a percentage. So are they selling it them. for you or are you barking for yourself at the end of that show? Yeah. Yeah. There was a few venues where I was literally selling my own merch and, and they took a cut. Fu- that makes me so mad. They did it. They did not. Okay. No, 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 no. They didn't take my cut. But I'm, but I'm saying like you, you could just look through their contract. And yeah. Like, oh yeah. Can we take this off? Like this is my own. But this is things you learn. You don't know. Like, yeah. I should have like earlier today. I should have said, can you do seventy forty? And then like he would have negotiated down to sixty forty. Instead, I got fifty five forty five. But it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah. I'll charge twenty five dollars ticket. Maybe there's some VIP seats where we could charge thirty thirty five dollars. I'll sell some merch after and make some extra money from there i think this is it's thank you for sharing all this because i think for our audience we get a lot of comics on who don't talk about the sort of nitty-gritty part of it because we get comics who are like either they already have a manager or they don't want to talk about that part and everything you're describing is the job of a manager but no one is ever going to look out for you as hard as you're going to look out for you and your bottom line exactly like i i do not um i still technically don't have an agent or a manager clearly you don't need one (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Well, this uh, it was actually this year. So last month, this guy uh, from Breakpoint, it's Breakpoint Agency. They're non-exclusive. So oh. um, I was on their roster for a while, but they never got me anything. So I just did everything myself. But then apparently their comedy department after the pandemic was decimated. So this guy named Miles came back. God, he got the comedy department back up and he's been working hard on it. And I took him out for dinner last night. He's a good guy. Um, and he got, he got me some gigs here and there in Texas, uh, in May Mm -hmm. and, and he only asked for a 10% cut. 
So Bless that's very that's sweet. After my right, right. Wow. And he doesn't take and he he's all for like the comedy first and um and and I and I would like to have an agent for some places because he could get me certain um he could get me into in certain clubs certain yeah because it is tough like like there's times where uh, I mean I'm I wish I was fortunate I you know we all the comedian we all, every comedian has wished for like oh one day a big headliner sees me do stand up you know and then he will yeah like I hear story like that's how my friend Nick Simmons opens for Brian Callen like wow I still remember like it was like some show I wasn't there but Nick told me the next day and Nick S Simmons was like oh Brian Callen can you make sure I perform right before Brian Callen goes up producers like yeah sure I got you Aww. so Nick got up had a great set. Ryan saw him, and then next thing you know, like bada bing, bada boom, they he feet opens for him. Or my friend Josh Potter used to work for Tom Segura, uh, open for Tom Segura. Like there are certain mm -hmm. big comedians or, or friends of mine who opens for these big comedians. Uh, my friend Chase O'Donnell opens for Christina Pizitsky. Like Chase is the best. She's very very sweet. Oh, I love Chase. She's yeah. one of my favorite. She's the one that connected me with Catherine. Oh, okay. <laughs> and Chase was yeah. a guest on this show through Catherine. So that makes yeah, sense. Yeah. Yeah. So like, and I, you know, obviously as a younger comedian, I'm sure the comedians who are listening to this, it's like, yeah, we wish that, but which sucks. And the fact of the matter is we're not those guys. Yeah. And it's when you accept it and you go, you know what? I'm just not that guy. I'm not, maybe, I'm, and it doesn't mean that you're a bad comedian. It's mm -hmm. just, you know, I, and now in hindsight, I'm glad like, now the times where I've opened for for a headliner, it's just my friend. So like, let's say like there was a there was a comedy club uh, stand up. I think it was stand up live in Phoenix. Yeah, or it was one of it was one of those. But my friend saw him sing. Great comic. He was headlining there. So I literally would text him like, "Hey, bro, can I open for you? Their feature." He's like, "Yeah, sure. I don't have a feature." I was like, "Thank you so much." I drive down to Phoenix. Uh -huh. uh, had a great set. Was able to sell some merch because he lets me. Um, and then the bookers, they thought I was hilarious. I went up to them, shook their hand. I would love to headline there one day. Boom. They gave me their email. And that's how you have to, that's how you can get into the door of some of these comedy clubs. Um, but what you're describing is also, I mean, you said earlier, like know your worth, but also, you know, comedy is littered with very, uh, insecure, like very self-deprecating, <laughs> yeah. sad people. And to yeah. be what you're describing is like, these are confidence moves of like, then you go up to this person, you shake this hand, you get this email. And I'm like, I'm thinking of the number of micers that I'm like, oh no, he would never do that. Nope. She would never do that. Like, cause it's hard. I, it is. Okay. Listen, I, 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 it doesn't mean I'm like this delusional because now they're going to think like I'm this all networking of no you don't I come across that way that's not how you're coming across no no like I I will say this like I I this is confidence that I built myself because I was just like I'm a lot of I'm a lot like other comics where I'm like even now where I'm like oh I'm not funny I'm not good enough yeah. I can't believe I'm releasing this own hour that I shot myself what are you stupid like all <laughs> this, it's all in your head yeah it is but at the same time, now I, I'm not an accountant. Like, I got to make some money. You know? <laughs> this is urgent. Like, we have a need. To, to a certain extent, <laughs> you just be like, all right, I got to stop beating myself up because I got to pay some bills, dude. Like, I want to eat. Gotta, yeah. And that's why I work. And, and you know, you, you do all this self-work where you, mm -hmm. you work out, you meditate, you yeah. journal, you. But when you get on stage and you make, again, this is a job. Like, 
I when I get on stage, I need to make sure that these people who paid money to come see me, I have to make sure I got to do. They got to have a good show. That's it. You know? That's what you're here to do. And, and other than that super religious woman that heard me said penis, I haven't had people <laughs> walked out. Well, and much, I mean, I hope, you know what I mean? Like I, mm -hmm. I like, it's like Bill Burr always says that like Bill Burr. It, it, I learned that from listening to his podcast where he's like, just make sure he's like, these are people who got a babysitter who took time out of yeah. their day to come to a comedy show. Like you got to make sure you give it your all. Yeah. And I mean, you referenced earlier being in therapy, which I think I, the number, every comic, every human, but every comic should be like, you mentioned meditation, you mentioned working out the, the, the old trope of com comedians being like, you know, coke addicted, they sleep all day that they drink all night that still exists. But the comedy that people are now expecting, they want to be poured into from a full cup and you don't have a full cup if you're not doing all of the things you mentioned. And I think the authenticity of comedy, like someone like a Nate Bargatze who jokes about, you know, his health and his life and whatever. I use him as an example because he's been grinding for a very long time. And in his most recent special, he was like, Hey, I had a health scare and that's why I look this way. I had to drop weight. I had to stop drinking as much. Like he's very, very authentic in that way. And I think that that trope of, yeah, you can burn your body to the ground and like run this business. Okay. Someone will discover you. It's just not true anymore. And so, yeah, I think, Go ahead. There is this weird romanticized like lifestyle. Like, I mean, I have some comedian friends that I started out with when I first moved here, like in the open mic scene, who I don't see much because they kind of glorified this whole like getting fucked up and going to open mics. Like, I don't even want to say the names of some of these mics, but it's like that's what it is. Where they just get drunk and then they become these edge lords of stand up, and and they think. It's so <laughs> I for like I could emotion. scream. I could yes, the yeah, edge lords who are drunk. You're like, what do you shut up? Sorry, go yeah, ahead. Yeah, what do you well well that well because it's not a business to them where I'm like, what do you want? Like what do you I, want? There and it sucks because some of them were genuinely funny to me. Like yeah. I think they have talent, but there was no business side or no yeah. like what's the best way to like no uh you know like foreshadowing for the future or like folk yeah, forward or no sense of urgency yeah it's like do you want to make this your job or do you just want to go to mike you just like you just like the community of i i meet up some other people i get on stage like they like having friends in a weird way sure like, sure that's real remember Stand-up comedy is a weird thing because we don't have an HR department, okay? We have <laughs> we have OnlyFans girls who just waltz over to comedy or canceled <laughs> celebrities that waltz over to comedy. Like, we don't have an HR department. Yeah. And mm -hmm. this is something... Dude, oh my God, Kate. I can go on and Me on too. about, like, the time... You know, I... I'm so grasping at the fact that now you have, like, legit, like... Own, like I've been only to fans, girls who, who yes. or or ex porn or or current porn stars mm -hmm. who just move over, waltz over to stand up and <sighs> and you know because they have a following and and this is the business. Ugh. This is the business we live like we, yeah. we chose. Like that's right. But one thing comforting that I've learned or that I've noticed from just doing stand up for a while or just being in the business, I'm like, oh, they don't last long. No, they because it's hard. Uh, I mean. <laughs> 
Yeah, this is hard. St- yeah. You know, oh, oh, dude, Viners, Instagram influencers, yeah. and Viners and uh, YouTubers that waltz over to stand up as well. They don't last long. No. The amount of times, like, I for- I got passed at the improv uh, about a year ago. Yay, congrats. Thank you, thank That's you. huge. Yeah, I, got, I got passed at the improv about a year ago. And, you know, you're doing spots at the lab, and, you know, you'll have some random kid that I was like, I don't. Doesn't even look like comment. I'm like, who is this guy? And they go, oh, like he's just some YouTuber. But this is a business. He brings in the people, they throw him up first. He'll do like five, like obviously probably slotted for eight, does five. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, and then the real comics go up. It's yeah. just, but this, I mean, that's why as a stand-up comedians now we used to, we used to just be stand-ups and then we became stand-ups and actors and then we became stand-up actors and podcasters and then stand-up acting podcasting and now content creating and now all like now we're just juggling all the things and which do you where do you them. put your time because like when are you writing when do you get after the craft like it's so it's a it, we've chosen it. We could do anything else. We choose this. We choose this. We choose this. Yeah, yeah. There is something beautiful about you know writing a joke and getting on stage and trying it out mm-hmm. and that hits. So, I mean, if you work hard enough, it will work out. I mean, I agree with that statement. I agree. Yeah, with that. it will. Yeah. But if you work, if you really want this bad again, like the comedians that I that I loved, like I. I don't, some of them either quit or they're still at the same place. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm not judging them, but I'm like, if I was at the same place that they are, I was like, what, what, how, how, mm-hmm. like career wise, you mm-hmm. know? And the only difference between me and the other guys, because they were all just as funny as I was, the only difference was I got on stage more. I, mm-hmm. I posted when I could. I failed. Oh, I put myself out there. I, yeah. You know, I emailed <laughs> the amount of work I put in. Yeah, like I'm telling you, I have a I have a mega email list of like I have a club list. I have an email list. Like, oh, I'll tell you literally right now. And I'm, I just did this in Minneapolis. I'm about to do this again. So because of NACA, I booked some college gigs. March 6th and no, March 4th. Yes, March 4th, March 6th and March 7th. I'm booked for colleges. So now I'm thinking you know what, let me book a show for March 5th, you know, or or book a theater and book my own show. And I did that in Minneapolis. Maybe I could just book my own, maybe I book a theater and then I uh, sell, I create an event, right? So I'll, I'll put like, so for Minneapolis, I paid $350, I deposit in a theater and I put up an event, right? And I put out, hey guys, I'm headlining in Minneapolis. We sold enough tickets and I made some money out of that i sold i sold it for 25 dollars, and i made about 50 tickets 50 times 25 so that's 1250 minus the 350 deposit so i made 900 dollars profit plus the merch sales and all that stuff but that's I hustle could have just made money through the college that's game, right but it's like you you keep hustling you figure it out okay yeah. can i do this can i okay what if i put this up what if i you know you there's always there's always money to be made. That's right, but, like, but that's right. But you but you put yourself out there. There's times where I this didn't work when I first started touring. Uh, I remember June of 2022, me and Dan Donahue, uh, we were co-headlining in San Francisco. We 
rented a theater out. We didn't sell as many tickets as we want. We only charge, I think we only charge like 20, maybe 50. We should have charged more. Yep. People value what costs more. Yes. Yes. Yeah. We didn't charge as much. And then Mm -hmm. it was this theater that didn't have great parking, stuff like that. But you learn. I I think we made like a hundred dollar, hundred fifty dollar profit. And like, well, we split 300, $400. Sure, sure. So we made like 200 bucks each. Yeah. And on top of the travel expenses. So we probably lost money, but there's, but that just happens. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and this is all what I'm telling you is all from learning experience. It's so kind of you to share all of it. Also, the reason that you sold tickets on March 5th is because it's my birthday and it's a lucky day. So like, that's the only reason you sold tickets. Okay. Well, thank you so much for sharing all of that. I know that was a really meaty appetizer section, folks, but all the new comics that are listening are like, holy shit, that was pure gold. So thank you so much for sharing all of that. Now, we have to get into your jobs. So buckle up, folks. We've been talking for an hour. Thank you for your time. We're going to keep it moving. We hope you enjoyed your apps. Let's move on to the entrees after a quick break. Okay. We are back. And now it's time for the entrees. Okay. This is the section that everybody loves because it's always the same questions. Uh, And feel free to think, count, do the math, whatever. But we always start with the same one. What was your first job ever where the government was taking taxes out of your income? Uh, Where the, yeah, where I was getting government tax, whatever. Mm -hmm. I worked at a shoe store. I worked at this place called, uh, oh my God, what is it called? (laughs) Oh, hold on. K and D. Oh my God, I'm blanking out. DK, yeah, DK, DK. foot and casual. Yeah. <laughs> Woof, foot was, and casual. Yeah, yeah. Woof. Okay. Yeah, DK, foot and casual. And it was a shoe store. They also had a clothing store. And it was, uh, uh, it was urban. It was a black clothing store. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. that name. Yeah, Come yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we know. But it was in, it was on First Street in South Garland. And I was working, I started working there when I was like 16, 17 years old. Were you getting, were you pushed out of your, like, were your parents like, as soon as you can work, you're going to work? Not really. I I just, my parents aren't like, hey, we'll give you an allowance. I was like, I just wanted to work. Money. And make some money. Yeah. They'll find uh, you a wife, money. but they're not going to give you an allowance. That's good. They're good. Yeah. Um, yeah, okay. So that was your first job. What Were you just like a retail sales associate? What was your title there? Uh, just a salesman, I guess. Okay. Yeah. Like, you know, you're, you're an employee there. You're yeah. a retail worker. I worked, I sold shoes. I cleaned up. I, you know, I worked the cast cash register sometimes yeah were you ever scared working in retail i i there were we had like a, we had a we had one robbery before uh there was like we had one robbery like while i was like helping a customer uh apparently two got two teenagers they like stole some shoes out of this sales section because we had like the shoe boxes there yeah but it wasn't so like an armed robber it was just like they stole no, 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 no. They just, we, they just stole it. Uh, I, there was points where, uh, like, there were moments where the manager had, like, he, like, went to the back, grabbed the gun, and came back just to keep in a safe, just in case, like, something were to pop off. Uh, but for the most part, the times they the car, there was a robbery, I wasn't there. Like, so. <laughs> yeah, I was because uh, being that young and being in Texas, I feel like retail in Texas is a very well, just being in Texas. It wasn't is a very, at the mall. I'll tell you that much. It was not at the mall. So <laughs> it was crazy. But yeah. I mean, I enjoyed it. It was nice. I had a fun 
I mean, I, it was a good learning experience. I learned how to be a salesman. Yeah. Okay. And that, I mean, that's a skill that you're using right now. Um, yeah. How long did you work there? Uh, almost a year and a half, almost two years. Okay. So you were doing that whilst you were in high school. How were you playing yeah. sports in high school? Yeah, I played. Well, before, senior year I didn't play. We were played. We I went to a small Islamic school, so we had rec. We played recreational. Okay. So uh, you soccer. Rec league soccer. Okay, so you weren't competing with necessarily an after school sports schedule to also with work. No. Okay. No, I just went to work. Yeah. Good for you. Uh, okay. And then how many how many customer service jobs have you, customer service jobs have you had total? Would you say? And feel free to do that. Uh, okay. So I had that, and then in college, I oh yeah. So in college, I worked at a telesign. Uh, no, not telesign. Why? Why did I say that? Uh, X. What was it? X Connect. Excel Technologies, that's what it was. What I it love is that you're point. so successful in your comedy career right now that you literally can't remember a customer. Like, I'm so jealous. I can't wait to <laughs> not be able to remember customer service jobs. Like, good for you. Okay, it was Excel. Go ahead. Excel Technologies, yeah. I worked as uh, um, me and some other college kids. We had to work the chat service. So so if you went on the AT&T website and you were, chat, you were talking to a chat representative, it was me on the other. Yeah, so it was like in this little flex space <laughs> next across the street from the college that we went to, UTD. And it was a lot of Greek like people. Like I was an SAE, some people were Kappa Sig, the other, some others, Tridel. It's like just a couple Greek-like people. We were all working at Excel Technologies. We were all getting paid a whopping ten dollars an hour. Well, over minimum wage, so that's not nothing. Yeah, DK Foot and Casual is getting paid seven twenty-five an hour. That's that's even that was over minimum wage at the time because that only recently became yeah. minimum wage. I feel. Oh no, that was yeah, in two thousand nine. Yeah. Oh, who cares? Uh, good for you. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and then I'm trying to think other customer. Sir, I mean, I, I, as a side gig, I were I did Postmates Oof, driving. That's brutal. I've done um, that too. But customer, when you say customer service, like working with customers on hand or just dealing with the shit that customers had that were upset about? Usually. So the question is sort of more overarching to include basically like I consider being a lawyer, a version of customer service, being a doctor, a version of customer service. So like yeah, really customer sense. interfacing at all. Oh, OK. So we had that. Um, all my accounting jobs, I never really dealt with customers. That's that was a cool thing about <laughs> being an accountant. I never had to deal with customer. I dealt with. Um, you know, um, like vendors that I with accounts payables, but I never had to deal with like a specific customer. Like, hey, you need to pay. I never had that to deal with that. Fortunately, but, yeah, you're lucky. Um, that uh, when I was worked, and then now, like I, as I mentioned before, I I'm a bike tour guide. So, oh yeah, I was like, I quit my job. I quit accounting March fourth, twenty twenty two. Became full time stand up, and then when I needed. I needed a side hustle because you'll always have some side hustles here and there. Um, I, I work as a bike tour guide and that I love. I, I really do. It's because you get a workout and you show people around the city of L.A. It's pretty nice and it's super chill. You clock in, you 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 meet your tour and you're dealing with tourists. You know, it's rare that you'll meet like a grumpy tourist and, and you get tips at the end. Like yesterday I did like a. Uh, I did the Beverly Hills bike tour. It was like a two and a half bike ride. I had nine people. I got like $85 worth in cash tips. And then on top of that, you get paid $90 to do that tour. So it's a quick, 
Yeah, I know. Quick $170 for that day. That's 85 bucks an hour. That's awesome. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. But I mean, that's with the tips. I mean, sometimes you kind of get screwed with tips. Not screwed, but you'll get you. But it's easier to get yeah. tips with a bike tour guiding gig. Wow. And then are you are you guys in the bike lane, like wearing the helmets, doing the whole thing? Yeah, yeah. So yeah. it's so do they have like radios in their ear? Like, how are they hearing you? Yeah, uh, I'm doing the signal like I'm doing like I make a right and then we pull over and then I'm like, OK, so over here is yada, yada, yada. Oh, that's cool. What's a what's a Beverly Hills fact that is weird that I wouldn't know without going on your tour? Uh, actually, yeah, uh, Beverly Hills has a lot of oil and a lot of the government. Yeah. And a lot of the cities like City Hall or like certain museums or certain buildings that is owned by the city of Beverly Hills. It's a cover up, but they have like some oil that's still seeping under. Yeah. So they'll like fill up some barrels here and there. But... What? I did mm -hmm. not. That I'm so glad I asked. That's a fun yeah, random. Have you been to the Doheny Mansion, Greystone Mansion? Uh -uh. Have you heard of it? I've heard of it, it's but I've never been. Yeah, it's on Doheny. It was completed in 1928. But yeah, it was built by Edward Doheny. Uh, but they shoot a lot of movies over there. Uh, it's where there will be blood. Well, uh, you, Ghostbusters. Sh you should look up the Doheny family because there's a reason they donated everything and that the, the there will be blood was involved because there's some there's the, some darkness yeah, no, to that family. Yeah, no, I even that's what I was going to say. I even talked about it. It was from the teapot scandal. Mm -hmm. Basically, they were, uh, yeah, bribing government officials to get, to get certain bids over the land permits mm -hmm. so they could... Uh, you know, dig more oil, shit like that. It's pretty crazy. Yeah, that's why a... there was a murder. Yeah, that, that happened just... in that. Yeah, yeah, that happened over there. So I talk about that. What else in Beverly Hills? Um, I love that. So, did you? Would you have to memorize facts in all the various parts of Los Angeles that you're taking these tours? That's a shitload of memorizing. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, but then it becomes like second nature to you, and you're always learning new facts about LA. That's kind of fun. Also, because you're not it's from fun. here. Yeah. That's... Yeah, it's fun. And it's a morning gig. So I'll do oh, like a morning. That's awesome. Yeah, it's a morning gig. And you finish the tour and you still have time to do whatever you want to do. You can't. I would assume as part of your three quarters faith and also just being as active as you are. I imagine you don't drink. There's no way. So, OK, I used to drink, but I quit. I haven't drank since October 1st. Um, it's weird. Good for I, like, you. Never yeah, it's weird. Like I never drank. And then I drank in college when I joined a fraternity. Of course. Of course. Greek yeah. life. Yeah. So I drank. And then I like, but alcohol was never a big thing to me. I like smoking weed. <laughs> You're in LA. But, yeah. I, but yeah, October 1st, I haven't been drinking. I smoked weed a handful of times. Um, it's mainly just a health thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it's I've, uh, I don't see myself drinking in the near future who knows who yeah, knows there might be a special yeah. occasion but i never really liked alcohol and then like okay didn't drink after college kind of like stopped drinking as much mm -hmm. and then the only times i drank in la like when i first moved to la i was sober for the first two years like, good for you I, I was like there was no need for me to drink and then i started drinking again because i was i was dating yeah <laughs> yeah and you know and and dude i i was like there was i was going on dates with some damn near alcoholics. It's fucking crazy. All they did was drink. Their whole personality was drinking. It was crazy. That's rough. And I, and I love it. You know, I see, <laughs> I see red flags on a girl. I turn into and a And you're bull. like, here we go. <laughs> Yo, oh my God. 
<laughs> ridiculous yeah it was so funny because when you said it's a morning gig i'm like you're not closing down clubs till 2 a.m and then getting up and bike riding if you're hungover like that's just not a thing yeah it's not you're not yeah doing that. yeah i'm not i'm not doing that okay. um and that i like staying healthy and it, it's a reason for me to not uh drink yeah and go hard you know yeah like, okay i'm gonna go home and sleep i mean i'm 30 now i'm not really like trying to go to parties and go to i i fortunately because i loved stand up so much yeah. i never wasted my 20s with the whole uh alcohol clubbing culture stuff like that so what was your favorite job of all of the customer service jobs uh bike tour guide i mean yeah. i still do it i still love it so okay. much um, i could be the i'll be the biggest comedian ever and i'll still like do, do some tour guides when i can yeah uh do you consider comedy customer service yeah i do too yeah, i do i, I do, do too Dude, literally, like, I mean, I, I'm even stopping myself to a point where I I finish a show and I, tr like, there's a part of me that wants to shake every fucking person, audience member's hand and be like, did you enjoy the show? Did you like, you know? Mm -hmm. But then you can't because just wait. People come up to you if they liked it, mm -hmm. you know, because it's subjective. It's stand-up, you know? Yeah, that's right. And you're trying to turn it, but, but you try to make sure you do your job and you have good customer service. Like, I have said that. On, you want to take pictures? Yes. You take pictures. You stand up, you sell your merch. You, yeah, you do your goddamn. Yeah, job. you have to glad hand and that's customers. Like I've argued this a lot and a lot of people don't agree with me. Um, you're very smart, obviously. Could you agree with me? Uh, okay, least favorite of all of those jobs that you listed. Um, It's got to be the shoe place. I'd say the, 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 uh, the chat service. Oh, I God, I forgot about that. Yeah, chat I'm service. Okay. Did they train you on what to say if people were like my yeah, computer? Yeah, they trained you. Yeah, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah I can respond. It's just people are just fucking stupid. Yeah, they are. Um, was there ever an incident in any of these jobs where they asked to talk to your manager about you? Oh, the XL for sure. The XL. Why? The chats represent because they think that because they wanted deals on AT&T that, they, oh. that I would not give them. They think it, will, it was all the time. And I was like, fine, sure. Sure. Talk they to my boss. Okay. Yeah. Um, what's the weirdest thing you've been asked to do whilst on the clock at any of these jobs? The weirdest thing I've been asked to do during mm -hmm. a job? Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I I remember like, wasn't it a county job? It was something, but I remember like getting someone's groceries, like uh, my manager's grocery, not even like a grocery, like he was like, Hey, are you stopping? Can you give me, this is weird, but can you give me like a Tide laundry detergent or whatever? I was like, okay. <laughs> that is odd. Okay. Yeah. Um. Okay. What was the last straw? Was there ever a job where you were like, flip a table, get me out of here. I quit, burn it down. Or did Literally, I mean, I, I mean, with my accountant, every accounting job, especially with TeleSign, like, like the manager I was working for was such a huge CNNX Tuesday. So like, <laughs> There were so many moments where I was like, I want to just yell at her and just mm. fuck you. Like, yeah. Or my first accounting job at Capital Analytics. There were so many moments where I just want to like go down, find this other accountant and just beat the crap out of it. <laughs> like so many times, but whatever. Okay. It, I just hated these passive aggressive emails and Ugh. passive aggressive messages. I can't, I can't deal with that either. Um, have you, how many, uh, that doesn't work for you because you've not, bar you've never bartended, right? You didn't mention it. No, so no. Okay. This will be interesting. Do you tip? Oh, yeah. I, especially because I get tips with the bike touring job. I tip at least 20%. 20%. Okay. Uh, at is, least. Okay. Uber, is, Lyft, everybody. You're tipping yeah. everybody. Uh, even I will say it's gone. Even the times where people like 
they tap and then they switch over the iPad and yeah. then for the tipping. Yeah. I've been saying no tip because I'm like, bitch, you are not doing anything. Like yeah. the people, you know what I mean? When yes. they're selling stuff and they add for a tip, even though you don't need a tip. There are moments where I would like get like the smallest percentage. I'll tip a dollar or something, but. Okay. Is there like, a, yeah. Is there ever a moment when a server is a certain way and you're like, if the server does this, no tip? No, no, because they're trying to do their job. I mean, fortunately, I'm pretty nice if they're too mean, or but if they're not as nice as I want them, like if they're not, if I don't like their vibe, I'll give them like, I'll still give them a tip. But if they're too bad, I won't tip at all. I mean, there were rare occurrences yeah. where, you know, they fucked up. It's their fault. And I'm like, I'm not tipping you. Like this is. This is a mess. Okay. Yeah. Um, and have you ever been fired from a customer service job? Uh, yeah, uh, I was, this is a random ass job. I quit Excel Technologies and I, for a little few months, I was, I was working as a little PE coach for kids on the spectrum. It was such a weird job and I did not belong there. And it was completely my fault. I went to a rave and, <laughs> and lost my phone. And then like, I couldn't make it. My, my, I was like, oh, hey guys, I can't come in to work. And then they're like, yeah, you're fired. Like, what the fuck? You're like, okay, bye. <laughs> I didn't really, yeah. I was upset, but then I was like, wait, I don't fucking care. Okay. And last question in the section, who's the worst customer you've ever had to deal with or an archetype of who the worst customer would be? An archetype would be just a person that just is trying to bend the rules, mm. even though like, like we don't do it for anybody and they keep asking for deals and they're trying to bend the rules thinking like the world revolves around them and then they don't take accountabilities for their own wrongdoings. Those are the type of customers like where even you as an employee, including your manager is like, get that. F out. Yeah, like, yeah. Out. You are a bad person. Yeah. No one's ever said that before. Bend the rules person. Yeah, that's that's a great answer. Mm -hmm. Okay, we're going to move on to the good stuff. We hope you saved room for dessert. Last section, then you can get to your friend. Okay. What's the nicest thing a customer has done for you whilst you're working? And the nicest thing while I was working, mm -hmm. someone has done for me? Um... Nicest thing someone has done for me while I was working. Uh, yeah, one time I was working this, uh, my boss, Maria, I was working as an accountant for this like insurance company or some shit. And <laughs> shows how much I cared about that job. But like <laughs> Maria came and she would give me like, she gave me like some gifts and she goes, oh, I know you like this. I saw you reading this book called uh, You Are a Badass. So I got you this button that you like from that said book. And it was very nice and very thoughtful of her. That is really thoughtful when people pay attention yeah, like that. And, sh and when I left, when I quit that job to move to LA, they got me a book and it was like all these like words of affirmation. Come so, on. We're going to miss you. Yeah. So it was very nice. All right, Maria. Shout out to Maria. Um, yeah. What's the best tip you've ever gotten? Uh, I was giving a bike tour job guide and the Truesdale Estates, the rich people. Yeah. I'm, I was g apparently giving a tour to the people who live there. And they give and, you yeah, and they get they gave me a three hundred dollar tip. Okay, good for you. So yeah. you so you made a lot of one hundred and fifty extra dollars an hour. Um, what's the best lesson you've personally learned from working in customer service? Patience. Yeah, I mean, I know it's such a generic, but it's like patience and also like, you, I mean, this is with comedy as well, mm -hmm. and and like me dealing with negative comments. Yeah. or comment people commenting bullshit on your page or just people 
a lot of the times has nothing to do with you. It never does. It really, and it's hard to make it, especially mm -hmm. as stand-ups, we take everything personally. Mm -hmm. But like, it really doesn't have anything to do with you. It's them. It's their stuff. Like, mm -hmm. Yeah. And you're like, okay. Yeah, they don't have and, full and cups. And you just let it go. And when yeah. you let it go, you feel a lot better and you and you move on. And, and you maybe go, maybe I could have handled this situation better. But, but it's done. That's the best way to put it. Whereas it really does has nothing to do with you. That's the best lesson that I learned from it. Okay. And last question in this section. What's one piece of advice you would give to customers who interact with customer service workers? This sounds so lame, but smile, try to make them laugh, try to, I mean, this is what I do when I deal with a customer service where I'm like, you know, like not, I'm not saying flirting, but like, you know, like it's when you do like a funny, yeah. like when you do like a funny flirt or like a funny compliment or like a, uh, like sometimes like if I get a, uh, a male waiter, like, cause it usually gives them come where I go, I go, uh, I go, hang on, hang on. Why is my waiter so uh, super handsome? I didn't know. Why are you all super <laughs> handsome here? And then they always laugh. They go, nah, come on, man. I'm like, nah, bro. You, I'm like, bro, you too handsome to be my waiter. Like, come on. Like, that helps. Oh, something like that, or like a, or a girl. If it's a waitress, I'm like, oh, you're so fan. You know, I, I try to give them a compliment, mm -hmm. trying to like, and it's not a schmooze, just to like, be that, try to stand out. <laughs> sure, sure. You know, uh, try to go, you know, even though if it's a dad joke or whatever, do something, but just try to just know that your intention is to be the best customer ever or just to make them feel better. Yeah, that's great. Okay, um, well, how can people get your new album or your special? Like, what's your IG, yeah, TikTok? Tell us. My Instagram, my Instagram or all platform is Ahmed Loves Bread, A H M E D Loves Bread, A H M E D <laughs> Loves Bread. And, um, and my special comes out on the 24th. So I don't, when does this special, when does this episode come out? I can put you on next week. So you'll be out next Monday. That works. Perfect. So it comes out a week from now yeah. or like a couple of days from now. So February 24th on YouTube, check it out. Um, yeah. I mean, I'm ex super excited for the special. And if you live in LA, I'm screening it at the Hollywood Improv. Rita, God bless her soul. She was like, we got to have it screening. So we're screening it on Monday, February 26th. And I'm super stoked for that. That's great. What, how do people get tickets for the screening? It's online. It's only 10, only $10. It's literally just for the sake of, you know, the renting the room, stuff like that. So that's great. Well, folks, we're going to drop your checks now. Thank you so much for listening. If you want to help us out here at service from hell, we'd love to have you subscribe rate and or review the show wherever you listen. It will help reach uh, mm, Kate. It will help us reach more people that need to be schooled on the art of being kind. and will be catharsis for those of us still working in the industry. If you want to get in touch with us here at service from hell directly, send us your receipts to service from hell podcast at gmail.com. We always love hearing from y'all. Remember if you can't afford a tip, you can't afford to go out. So don't be garbage and be good to people. It's easier that way. Thanks for being on and giving us so much of your time. I really appreciate it. This was lovely. Of course. Well I had a lot of fun. This was so much fun. Thank you so much for having me. I'll see you around the scene. Yeah, you will. Thank you so much for being on. We'll see you folks next week. Good night.